0: Thanks so much for tuning into Radical Philosophy. I'm your host Beth Matthews. Today on the program, I'm going to be speaking with Dr. Jane Bilardi about miscarriage. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Uh, Could you give us a little bit of background information about yourself? Yes, so
1: uh, I'm a social and behavioral researcher at Monash University. Um, in the Central Clinical School. And I specialize in sexual and reproductive health research. So um, for the last probably 13 years or so, I've done a lot of uh, STI or sexually transmitted infection research, but about four years ago, I started working in the area of miscarriage support with a good uh, friend and colleague of mine, Professor Meredith Temple-Smith from the University of Melbourne.
0: So, what was it that inspired you to study
1: miscarriage? My own experiences of miscarriage. So, I got talking to Meredith uh, about four or five years ago about miscarriage and we actually had um, common ground there because she'd also experienced miscarriages in her journey to having a family. And so we decided to start doing a little bit of pilot research into how, uh, well, I guess, women's experiences of miscarriage and their experiences of support. And I guess this came about for me because, because of my own personal experiences with miscarriage, but also really... Because I'd had, um, whilst I'd had some very positive support experiences, I also had a couple of uh, quite negative support experiences that had really um, stayed with me uh, for quite a long time. And they were the inspiration, really, in wanting to try to make things a bit better in this area, try to improve support. Could you
0: explain about the 12 week rule? Yes, okay, so yes there's this sort of twelve
1: the twelve week rule uh, or convention is the idea that you don't disclose your pregnancy until the twelve week mark, and it's really become this sort of unwritten social rule, uh, I think in large part because that's when the risk of miscarriage falls considerably, although it does fall uh, fall a lot some somewhat before that. Um, But it's also the time that most people or most women have their first pregnancy scan. So around the 12 to 13 week mark is uh, your first scan normally. Um, And that's just to check that the pregnancy is okay. And for some abnormalities such as Down syndrome. So I think it's really at this point that if everything's okay, most people uh, kind of feel safe to tell others around them that they're pregnant. And so I guess it's become this unwritten rule um, to save people from telling others they're pregnant and then having to untell them if something goes wrong. Uh, But unfortunately, I guess the problem with the 12 week rule is that most miscarriages occur before the 12 week mark. And so if people haven't told others around them that they're pregnant, and they miscarry, then they don't have those people around them um, for support when they need it. Uh, So, um, it's a bit of a tricky one. The 12, I've been asked a number of times, do we need to get rid of this 12 week rule? Um, Should we be encouraging more women to disclose their pregnancies earlier? Um, And I think it's a really individual choice. I I don't think you can say one way or the other what people should do. Uh, I think it's up to them really about what they think will work best for them. So for a lot of people, and certainly for the women that we've interviewed um, who have experienced miscarriage in their subsequent pregnancies, a lot of them did tell people around them earlier, their family and friends earlier, in, in the event that if they did miscarry again, which a number of them did, that they had that support there around them. And they were really grateful for that. But, you know, we all uh, grieve in different ways. And for some people, you know, it's very, very difficult at the time that they've miscarried to then go around one by one and sort of untell people, you know, tell them that they've actually experienced a miscarriage. It's it's often just too traumatic. So I really do think that um, it needs to, it's personal choice. It needs to be what they think will be best for them at the time.
0: Now, do you think that because it's common, or um, common to actually have a miscarriage, that it's not extreme? It, that people think it's not an extremely traumatic experience for other people?
1: Yeah, I think there's a number of reasons why people don't always understand how traumatic a miscarriage can be. I think from a medical perspective, healthcare providers do know how common miscarriage is. Um, And because they can manage miscarriage uh, relatively easily in the physical sense, um, I think it's often just considered a normal routine pregnancy complication. But I think socially, I don't think most people are actually aware of how common miscarriage is. And it's not often until a woman has a miscarriage herself that she learns that how many other women around her or how many other people around her have actually experienced a miscarriage themselves but just haven't talked about it. And I think because we don't talk about it, um, people just don't understand how traumatic They don't understand how common it is and they don't understand how traumatic it can be. And I think this, you know, this is for a number of reasons really, because it's this unseen sort of loss um, that we don't recognize the emotional impact. So people often don't know you're pregnant for the 12, you know, for reasons such as the 12 week rule. Um, They often, especially if it's an early pregnancy loss, can't see that you're visibly pregnant. And we don't, Really, have any rites or rituals around early pregnancy loss. Um, so I think that's why the grief and loss sort of goes unrecognized and unacknowledged. Um, but unfortunately, what we know from the research is that the level of grief and loss that people feel, it's not contingent upon how many weeks pregnant you are. So, you know, if you lose a pregnancy of six or seven weeks, it doesn't mean that you feel any less grief, any less sense of sort of grief and loss and anger and sadness than somebody who may lose their pregnancy at say 16 or 18 weeks. Um, And for a a lot of people, what we know from the research is that the grief and loss they experience following miscarriage is often of a similar intensity of other major sorts of losses, such as late or perinatal death. And I don't think most people would actually realise that. So I think what we need to remember is that for most people, the loss isn't just about the physical loss of a baby. It's about everything that's tied up with that loss, the hopes and dreams and being a parent and having a child. And I think for a lot of people, you know, that all commences as soon as they see those those two blue lines on the pregnancy test and the planning starts and thinking about names and knowing the due date and maybe thinking about you know, where the baby room will be and what they need to do in terms of parental leave. And so it's everything tied up to, to that loss, I think, not just the um, physical loss. Now,
0: I've noticed that there's been TV commercials about postnatal depression, and I haven't seen any television commercials about miscarriage, do you think if if there was there'd be a better understanding about it because it's the same thing with um, postnatal depression it was something that wasn't talked about years ago wasn't it
1: it was something that's not wasn't talked about a lot and it's so good to see that it is increasingly being talked about and that we're having you know that we've got things such as TV commercials that are you know um, you know that really do help Educate such a broad range of people. It raises awareness about some of these issues, um, and I do think that it would be incredibly helpful. I've, I've thought for a long time, actually, that how good it would be if we could have uh, commercial, similar commercials around miscarriage, so that um, people can better understand not just how common it is, but how it affects people, how people often feel after a miscarriage, you know, the impact, the psychological impact that it can have that people just don't commonly understand. Um, You know, I'd love to see almost a one in four type TV commercial, because that's sort of roughly the figure that we say is, you know, one in four pregnancies end in loss, Um, that... That in a similar way shows how miscarriage can affect people, and that shows uh, people who have experienced miscarriage that they're not alone in feeling this way either. That it's okay to feel the, the way they do, and that there is support out there. And I also think it would be a really good way, often when miscarriage happens, people are, you know, people around those that have been uh, um, affected or experienced a miscarriage, they don't know what to do or say. So I also think having something like a TV commercial um, would be really helpful in maybe also sort of saying, this is how you can support someone affected by a miscarriage or these are the things that are helpful. These are the things that may not, you might want to avoid that might not be so helpful. Yeah, that sort of leads
0: me into my next question, which is, what are the do's and don'ts of supporting women who have experienced miscarriage?
1: Yes, that's a good question. So we, we sort of have come up with our our research teams, come up with some do's and don'ts. And this has largely been informed by uh, the research that we've done with women and what they've told us has been um, helpful in the past and things that hasn't been so helpful. So I think the first thing to say is that it's really important to acknowledge the loss. So if someone around you has experienced a miscarriage, um, it's it's just as simple as saying, I'm really sorry to hear about your miscarriage or I'm sorry to hear about your loss. That that sense of acknowledgement is really, really important to people. Um, I think the other thing to say, it's important to listen. Listen and let them grieve. So what we've found is some people will want to talk about their... Experience they want to talk about how they're feeling. Um, a lot of people do find that helpful, they find it cathartic. Others won't, you know, others might not be ready to talk, but they'll appreciate you at least asking, you know, what can I do? Are you okay? Would you like to talk? Um, talking to others who've had a miscarriage and sharing stories is also really, really helpful. So we know that. For a lot of women, being able to talk to someone else who has also experienced a miscarriage, who understands, even though everybody's experience is different and how everybody responds or or the, the levels of grief and sadness they feel is different and there is no right or wrong way to feel, just knowing someone else has had that experience as well means they feel better understood. They don't feel so alone. Um, Offers of practical support are often really appreciated. So if someone's had a miscarriage, you know, they said that they really appreciated offers of childcare or uh, bringing a meal over or or a gift, you know, even if it's flowers, again, because it's acknowledging that that loss, you know. and I think the last thing, in terms of what women would like to see happen, um, or, or what women want, is an end to this. You know, they want people to talk with. They want more talk around miscarriage. You know, they want people to talk more openly um, about miscarriage, for it to be talked about more broadly in society, wise, so they don't feel so alone and isolated in in their loss. Um, In terms of things that aren't so helpful, um, what women have said to us is saying nothing at all is often the worst thing, you know, and again, that comes back to not acknowledging that they have experienced a loss. Um, Comments such as, oh, it's so common, or it wasn't meant to be, or it's nature's way. A lot of these comments. Are very well intended. You know, people often don't know what to say. Um, but comments such as that do, you know, they can be hurtful and, and quite dismissive of the loss. So it's probably better to avoid comments like that. Um, you know, also, you know, grief doesn't have a time limit. So, you know, really it's important to let people grieve in their own time um, and understand that. Yeah, there, there isn't necessarily an end date to that grief. I mean, we know for, you know, through the research that for some people that grief lasts years, you know, not just weeks or months, but it can actually last years. Um, and I think lastly, what, what we uh, heard was, you know, it's really important that when you're talking to someone who's experienced a miscarriage, just to try to avoid any sort of... Um, Comments that might suggest blame or, or offer unsolicited advice such as, you know, maybe you were working too hard, you're stressing too much, you might have done this or that, you know, again, while these comments are really well intended, they often just leave women feeling like they might have been to blame for the miscarriage. And honestly, most women already are so worried that maybe they did something wrong, even though we know most um, We don't know the cause or the reason for most miscarriages. Um, And in in most cases, it's nothing that a woman has done. But, you know, you can't help but go back through all those things that you you may have done. You know, did I eat something I shouldn't have? Was it because I exercised too much? Was it because I did this or that? You know, because you're searching for a reason. Um, So it's best to avoid... um, Comments like that because they'll already feed into what a
0: woman is worrying about. Yeah, that's a really, a really good point because I think when, well, when anything sort of goes wrong in your life, you do tend to sort of blame yourself. And sometimes there's, there's no reason, there's no reason for anything. That you know, it's, it's well, it's sort of luck of the draw and it's just chance really. And you know, as, as most things are in life really, and it's something that's really out of your control. So. In a way, you know there's there's sort of no point in blaming yourself, but I can understand you know you, you sort of are blaming yourself, and especially if somebody sort of puts that blame on you by you know trying to make you feel better, yeah, when you think about it it's a it's a really awful awful thing to say. I remember when um my mother died, somebody commented, "Oh well, life goes on," and I thought, well, unfortunately, not for my mother no. <laughs> What an awful thing to say, you know? (laughs) Yes, and I often
1: think, I often just wonder if it's just not well thought through because people, um, you know, we don't deal with grief and loss very well. It's really uncomfortable for a lot of people. It's hard to talk about, so we either avoid it or sometimes we sort of, I guess, put our foot in our mouths just because it's uncomfortable and we're not sure what to say. So... I think people have the best of intentions most of the time. It just, yeah. And this is where again I think that it would be really helpful, you know, in raising awareness. But also, as you said, you know, possibly having a TV commercial, you know, letting people know, okay, this is this is helpful. This is not quite so helpful. Maybe you want to avoid this. But, you know, just giving people those tools to maybe um, know how to support somebody a little bit, yeah in the best way
0: possible. From what you're saying as well, a support group, I think, would be something that would be very, very useful for a lot of women, especially if they don't know any other women that have had miscarriages, just to sort of, even if it's only a a brief period of time, to go along and to walk into a group and to know every, every other woman there has had a miscarriage. And, you know, they wouldn't be judged and they'd be able to speak freely about it. Do do you know if there's any support groups at all? Yeah, look, there's lots of support groups. So, um,
1: I mean, I can mention the the main um, organisations that come to mind who have um, support groups and they're, you know, you've got SANS, um, SANS who who are very well known um, and cover, you know, prenatal loss, but also neonatal um, death as well, obviously. And um, they offer peer counselling. They've got a 24-hour support um, support line that people can phone. You've got the Pink Elephant Support Network, um, and they specifically focus on miscarriage and infertility. And they also offer peer-to-peer counselling um, sessions, but they also have a very active Facebook support group. Um, that women can join um, there's also bears of hope and again they're focused on um, they're also quite focused on miscarriage but also stillbirth uh, and they actually have phone counseling sessions with a qualified counselor um, they have a variety of other sort of online support options as well and they also have a face group uh, Facebook support group um, and You know, with Bears of Hope, one of the the key elements to their programs is actually providing what they call a bear of hope at the time of loss. So when a woman is in hospital and and, um, they've lost a pregnancy, they provide this bear of hope. And that's actually donated by another family who's also experienced a loss. Um, But there's also another um, support option that a lot of people don't actually know about is that you can go to your GP as well, there's pregnancy support counselling that's available through Medicare. So people that have experienced um, pregnancy loss are actually able to get three sessions with either an appropriately trained GP or the GP can refer them on to uh, a psychologist, a social worker or a mental health nurse. So that's another option. There is a lot, you know, there is quite a bit of support out there in terms of support groups and support organisations that women can access.
0: Yeah, the, the bears of hope. I was reading a little bit about them, and people can actually donate a bear that can be actually given to a woman who's had a miscarriage, which is a, a really marvelous idea. So, you know, if you're sort of thinking of a of a charity to to support, it it's sort of not not one that sort of first comes to mind. But when I read about it, I thought, gee, what a what a good idea, you know, to actually provide a bear and, it, and it's that sort of thing too with a woman leaving the hospital they're actually taking something home with them aren't they
1: that's right exactly they're taking something home with them um, uh, um, again and you know for a lot of people being able to have a memento or, or something tangible that again acknowledges that loss whether it might be planting um, planting a rose or or, or something that, yeah, acknowledges that loss is really, really important. Really important.
0: Has there been any research into what type of psychological harm women suffer from not being supported after miscarriage?
1: Yes, there's been lots of research into Psychological harm or mental health impacts um, that result from miscarriage and people, um, also that can result from people not receiving the support they need. So, you know, from the research, we know that it's really common for women to feel grief, loss, sadness, anger, uh, all these feelings um, following miscarriage, but even clinical levels of anxiety, depression, and post-traumatic stress disorder are not uncommon. They're quite common. So, you know, researchers, not all that, you know, a few years ago in the UK actually found that up to one in three women who experienced miscarriage actually met the criteria for post-traumatic stress disorder in the first few months following miscarriage. And it was actually, um, you know, a higher percentage of women who met that criteria for post-traumatic stress disorder at three months than one month. So their grief, you know, was getting worse. Um, and what we know from the research also is that the support people receive at the time of miscarriage, it it really does matter. And in particular, social support is important, um, because what we also know is that a lack of social support, so from your partner, family, friends, it's one of the major risk factors, predisposing risk factors for adverse psychological outcomes. So anxiety, depression, postnatal. Uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. But conversely, positive support experiences we know actually can buffer against the loss and lead to better psychological outcomes. So it's really important that people feel that they have the support they need at the time of miscarriage.
0: That's a really good point. Is there anything else you'd like to add that we haven't already covered? just like to say that it's been really
1: really good to see a couple of very you know that this month has been um pregnancy loss and infant uh, pregnancy awareness and infant loss month i don't think i've quite said that right but um we've had two documentaries on miscarriage come out this month as as part of that and it's just been fantastic to see because so the mis- the, the documentaries are actually um ta- uh, Uh, misunderstandings of miscarriage, um, which was uh, Tina McManus's uh, miscarriage documentary on Stan. And then also I was lucky enough or fortunate fortunate enough to be involved in a documentary series, You Are Not Alone, by Lyndall Redmond, which is on KidSpot. And it's just so good to see these documentaries coming out because, again, it, it. it's raising awareness in the community about miscarriage, about how common it is and, and the impact that it can have on people. And often that's easy to understand when you can see that visually, when you're watching people's journeys and seeing how it impacts on them. So I guess I just wanted to say, yeah, it's, it's just been terrific to see those documentaries come out this month. Very encouraging.
0: Yeah, no, that, that sounds very good. So have you got any future study plans within this field? Yes, yeah, so look, over, over the, as I said, over the past four years, we've been doing a lot of studies
1: into women's experiences of miscarriage and the sorts of support they need. And what, what women have told us is that um, they often, you know, we know that they struggle often to find the support that they need around them, for people around them. And so they often end up going online trying to find support and answers and resources. Um, but they struggle to find um, what you know re- what they say, they struggle to find sort of reputable Australian-based websites where all the information uh, is in the one place and it's easy to understand and it's not overly clinical. So our next uh, study or or stage is to actually try to address that gap and we're going to be developing uh, an Australian-based website, miscarriage website that tries to provide that, you know, information and resources and support that they need. And obviously we will link into the the support services that are currently available out there that I've just mentioned, but also, you know, this is going to be a platform through which we can sort of let people know about our research, uh, which they may want to be part of. Um, So, yes, we're about to start that. And, you know, a lot of that uh, information that we've previously collected from women will go into informing what's in that website and and what it looks like and the look and the feel and the content of that website. And we'll also be involving people affected by miscarriage along the way as well to make sure that we get it right, to make sure that the website actually meets their needs.
0: No, it's very worthwhile work. So thanks very much for coming onto the program today. Lovely. Thank you very much for having me. That's all we have time for today. I hope you've enjoyed the program and do stay tuned for Swing and Sway.